This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great. Because when I want my spicy shrimp pad thai, I want it on time. Because, baby, there's no time like the present, especially when it's pad thai related. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months, $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. On time, pad time, baby. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19 2023. Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto renew at 9.99 each month starting three months from initial enrollment. See Uber.com slash Uber One for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimum supply. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the main event of the evening. 60 minutes of football fun and banter with Chris and Lester Till I Die TV. Are you ready? Ready? Let's get ready to rumble. Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on and ready to go. Subscribe, like, follow, and join in now. 
This is your host, Chris. No! God, please, no! No! I know. I'm sorry, but he's cheap and available. How rude. Right, Chris. All right. Yep, very cheap and very available. Just send me a message, ladies. Right. (laughs) Good evening. Welcome along. It's January. January already. And we are going to be looking uh, today at a bit of a transfer special at the January transfer window. Are Leicester City going to be doing any business? Um, we didn't do any in the summer. We now know, obviously, why. Um, I'm not usually keen on the January transfer window, but we've got to do something. We have definitely got to do something. Um, Facebook user, good evening. How are you? It's nice to be back on Facebook. Apparently, I didn't realise this. I was banned from doing videos on Facebook for breaking their community guidelines. And I emailed them and said, like, okay, what 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 did I do? And they didn't, they just put me back on. So <laughs> welcome back. Marcus is back. Good evening, Marcus. How the devil are you, sir? As is David, I am well. And Luke is in, and you're doing well today, Luke. Are you still one nil up against uh, Southampton? Oh, I tell you what, as things stand at the moment, it looks like you are. The bottom three are Southampton, Everton, and West Ham. That sounds good because we're not in it, but we're only two points above it. Two points. And the song, as, as D. Ream once said many, many, many years ago, things can only get better. And talking about getting better, let's bring him in. You've not seen him for a while, but it's great to have him back. Ant from Ant's Leicester Fan Channel. Good evening, sir. How are you? Evening, mate. As I said, great apart from a football at the moment, mate. It's <laughs> Leicester's a bit painful to talk about, but apart from that, I'm... All good, good, good. Uh, Forest, if they well, Forest are on exactly the same number of points than us, but in fairness, they have conceded about 17 more goals. I don't have to ask start to the season how that's possible. <laughs> there we go. And uh, Terry says, after last night, um, I hope they find enough money to replace the whole shower of underperformers. Well, we'll see tonight. Just to let you know, we're going to break it down into sections. So, we're going to start with looking about who the Leicester players that might be leaving. Then we'll go through what we need, as in what positions, and then go through those. So please stick with your chats to the actual area that we're covering at that time. Um, But, Ant, first of all, your link is in the description below on the YouTube video. But please do give a a description to tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, so Ant's Leicester Fan Channel on YouTube and Ant underscore LCFC on Twitter. So YouTube's mate pretty much daily live streams throughout the transfer window, home and away match date video. So make sure to come and check out my channel. You will never be bored following Leicester on a join the transfer window if you're doing shows every day, mate. Good luck with that. Um right, now let's have a look at who could leave. Now can I just say that these aren't players that I necessarily want to leave um or players that aren't want to leave. They're just ones that have either been linked or they're um uh, uh, contracts or what have you but basically I've listed them here and we're going to start and we talked about him just before we came on Soyuncu um, I don't understand why he's not getting a game and yet he's not good enough for a team that's well performing badly in the Premier League and he's been wanted by a regular Champions League quarter finalist team it just it doesn't add up and 
like you're going to get the theme of my opinions on Brendan Rodgers throughout this, but it <laughs> almost feels like Brendan Rodgers can't put the what's gone on before, and like there's clearly been a disagreement with them, sort mm. of to the side, and it's almost his ego is getting in the way of what's best for the defense. Yeah, because say what you want about Amati if he's come in and done a half decent job, or if you think he's not good enough, wherever you sort of stand on that debate, Siunchu is a level above him, absolute level above him. And the debate, the point of people saying, oh, but Siunchu wants to leave, so so does Tielemans, and Tielemans gets the armband every other week. Yes, yes, exactly. I, I, I read it in just to quote one line from um, uh, Leicestershire Live. Uh, the truth is that City's squad isn't small, rather the number of players Rogers trusts is small. And I think that sums it up perfectly, doesn't it? It doesn't. I laughed at that quote yesterday. You know what he said about um about us having injuries in a small squad? Mm. Every team's got injuries. Yeah. Get over it. Yeah. You're a Premier League manager. If you hadn't isolated half of your squad, you wouldn't be in, in such a situation where you can only you've only got two or three players apart from your typical starting eleven. You can call on. I mean, I never thought I would say this because we all know Nigel Pearson was stubborn. Let's be honest with you, we do know that. Uh, but Roger seems a level above. Yeah, he's like. No. I mean, I would love to see how long to get a set piece coach in. Mm. That is pure stubbornness because of the fact of but. We went through a period where he was asked if we had a set piece coach and he dodged the question like a politician for months. Yeah. And dodged answering it. Turns out we didn't have one. And then like, it was what, 18 months of us having the worst set piece record in the league before that was addressed. It's like, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> Torre, who was apparently um, one of our defensive coaches, not having the best of starts in his managerial career at Wigan. Uh, who knew? Who knew? Uh, good evening, James, by the way. Welcome along. I mean, I would love to see Soyun Chu and uh, FaZe together. Mm. Yeah, the thing is, FaZe is another one. His confidence looks on the floor, doesn't it? Yeah. But he yeah. came in and did really well, and it's just absolutely dropped off. But... Um... With Cags, I I don't want to, as I say, blame Brendan completely because there'll be Brendan's side of what's happened. There'll be Siunchu's side of what's happened. There'll be it'll be somewhere in the middle. Like because yeah. I can't remember where the quote comes from, but it's such an accurate one. Where the truth, like, there's always three sides to a story. There's person A, person B, and then the, the truth. So <laughs> yeah, right, but. The top managers, they can put these sort of, um, they put these, they move beyond these kind of things. Yes, they, 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 they rise themselves above it, don't they? Like yeah, and that's, this is something yeah. that has tainted Brendan Rodgers' career, not mm. just at Leicester, but if you look back throughout his, time, his <laughs> career, but he can't put personal issues aside. No. I mean, Bertrand, we don't need to talk about him. I mean, his contract expires in the summer and I think he'll he'll be he'll be gone. Now, Johnny Evans, I love Johnny Evans, don't get me wrong. Uh, I can remember his debut, which was awful, and he slowly got better. But can we afford to pay somebody? And he's, face it, he's not going to be cheap. He's going to be on decent wages, I would imagine. 
somebody who is injured more than he is not injured. I mean, he's of an age now where, let's be honest, you know, you, you, you get an injury when you are 19, 20, 22, something like that, and you recover quite quickly. You get an injury when you're 30, 35, 40, it takes a hell of a lot longer. Can we afford to keep him? Should we be offering him an extension of his contract when, and I say, I'm not, this is nothing personal against him because I love him as a player. Um, should we not be letting him go? Yeah. If we keep him, it's purely sentimental. Like, he was a brilliant player for us for a few years, but he is never available for us. And I've, this is this is a big gripe of mine, and it really annoys me. I've seen people say, "Get let him go into coaching and let him become a coach at the club. No, let him go and uh, do some experience of le- actually learn how I to... I think I was one of those that said that, that you had to go out, wasn't I? <laughs> Probably at some point. Yes. But um, <laughs> let him go and actually get gain some genuine experience of being a coach before he comes into our first yeah. team Premier League setup and become a coach. And there's also, I've always said this, no matter who you are, I'm never a fan of a player instantly retiring and then becoming part of the coaching setups because you're, I still think you're too much of friends with the squad instead of being respected as an actual, actual coach. Cause it's a different relationship with having coaches there and not even your senior players. It's yes. two different, two different things. Yes. I agree. I agree with you on that one. I mean, you know, if they, if they do stay with the club, then let them start with the youngsters and work the way up as they get the badges. But um, Vestergaard, I'm not. I don't know if his contract's up in the summer. He's got a bit longer than that. But um, again, <laughs> he's on the way out, isn't he? No, hope so. But the thing <laughs> is, I get I I'll get laughed at for this, but I don't think Vestergaard's that bad of a player. He just does not suit what we try and do at all. It's like, if you played a back five, sat deep on the edge of your box and were were playing a low block, I don't think he would be horrendous. But you're playing someone up on the halfway line who's got the turning circle of a a bus. It's like, you're you're setting him up to fail. Yes, you are. No, you are. And it, it, again, it comes down to to, to to the management is surely we should be buying players that will fit into the style of play that they want rather than buying players just for the sake of buying them on, on an emergency, whatever, and then trying to change them into what we want. Surely it's better to buy the right players in the first place. The thing is, if you're going to try and mould a player into what you want, you don't buy a, what, 29-year-old Centre no. back. If you're going to try and mould a player, you you do you buy a youngster that's going to mm-hmm. got that development. But the problem being, you cannot develop like pace. He is as slow as they come. Yeah, yeah. Mendy, what are your thoughts on Mendy? I mean, he's. I did quite like Mendy, and I thought he did all right, and I think. You know, he's had some good games for us. But with Samara improving the way he has, and for me, Samara is a starter over Indeedy, he is almost surplus for requirements in that defensive midfielder role, isn't he? He is, but with the injuries we've got, I would be holding on to him to the summer because we haven't got Samara. KDH is out now. 
Ndidi, whilst he's fit now and still out of form, Ndidi won't stay. Ndidi, the probability is he won't stay fit. So if I was Mendy, I'd be banging on Brendan Rodgers' door saying, I want I want to go, I want to play football. Because he, he doesn't do a bad job for us. No, but no, he I don't think we can afford to lose him in January. I don't think he's a long-term answer at, mm. at all. But at the same time, you can... We can't lose all the depth that we've got in our midfield. Do you, I mean, we, we, we spoke briefly before the show started. We spoke about injuries and every club gets injuries. But I've never known it as bad as it's been under Rodgers. I mean, surely he, you know, he, he's, he's only playing that small circle of players, like we say. He's got the full squad. He's got the same squad as everybody else, our squad size. He's playing that small circle of players so that when somebody's injured, somebody is being forced to come back early. The, the, the training and that has surely got to be looked at as well. They do, and it's not a one-off issue, uh, Chris. If you look from his time at Celtic, their injury record was ridiculous. You look at the time at Liverpool, their injury record was ridiculous. Mm. So... People who say it's unlucky and bury their head in the sand, as um, a, cert- a certain other stubborn manager would like to say. But, um, <laughs> like when you just put your head in the sand and completely ignore sort of the facts that are in front of you and saying it's unlucky, then it's just going to happen, happen time over time over time. Yes. But there's a, there's a reason why I think it happens. I think and this is complete opinion with. Out knowing, I think that from what you read and what you you see, our training is far too intense for for sort of for like consistent a consistent basis. And then we play the same what sixteen players every game. Of course, you are going to pick up injuries. Like even man, like I know people always go on about Pep and like the bigger clubs rotating their squads. Even look at the likes of. Um, the likes of Brighton rotating their squads back uh, much better than we do. Like mm. it's not it's not just the bigger teams that have squad rotation and squad management. Brighton's if you look through the amount of players that Brighton have used this year, but even Fulham, like so it's it's a cop out answer saying that oh well we don't have the squad to do it. It's like mm. well that that's that is his job. Yeah. Yeah, out of our squad. Oh, it is. It is. Um, and you know, if the players he's got don't fit into the system because of injuries, then he has to play to their their their, their strengths. Um, Pratt looks like he's on his way out. The Torino um, um, MD or chief executive, whatever you want to call him, seems he's over in London talking allegedly to us and West Ham again. Another. Oh no. It, suffered that unfortunate injury but another player who said he wanted to stop and fight for his place and then Roger seemed happy but then he kind of when he had the chance to play him he didn't typical Rogers mm. but it, I, I like Dennis Pratt but as much as he said he wanted to start and fight for his place you could see it coming a mile off but him still not get a look in mm. Yeah, well, we're back to the old favourites tag, aren't we? You know, mm. uh, Chowdhury, I think, you know, he's, uh, he's going to be on his way out if he's been loaned out. Now, Perez, um, believe it or not, the guy that does my um, match report, um, 
and I hope his dad's well because his dad fell down after the game and had to have medics and he was in hospital overnight. So, uh, Brian, hope your dad's okay, mate. Um, I don't know whether he hit Brian fell over as well or not, but he actually picked Perez as his man of the match last night. Um, well, the thing <laughs> is, he didn't have, he's not played too badly recently, has he? If the thing is, he had that awful miss yesterday, like, and that's what will stand out from a game because it was mm. it was a sitter. Yeah. But the overall rest of his game wasn't poor, but we're really scraping the barrel for standards of sort of what you're looking for. Yeah. But my thing is, if if another player who wasn't Iosi Perez had the performance he had yesterday, people would be saying, oh, he's done well. He's done. But because I think that I almost feel like there's this, and I hate to say this, there's a side of the fan base that want to see Perez fail because yeah. they're giving this tag now. Yes. Uh, I don't think he's good enough for Leicester. I really don't. But do I think he was awful yesterday? Uh, he was one of our better performers, if we're honest. And yes, yes. yes he should have scored. I think like yeah. there'll be no one apart from his mother who says he did. He shouldn't have scored that. No, but... but then we could say the same about Vardy, couldn't we? He had a great opportunity that the Vardy of old would have just slotted away. And he mm. dropped it, you know, shot it across the ground. It was like a daisy cutter, you know, but... He doesn't get the, you know, he doesn't get shouted at like Perez does. But that's another another topic for another day. Now, these are the areas that I am sort of wondering, you know, what where do we need to strengthen? Um, I mean, Dubrovnik, and we'll come on to him in a second as a goalkeeper. Do we stick with what we've got? I mean, Smith is he's just there making the numbers up. Let's be honest with you. Um, do we need to go out and spend money on a goalkeeper? I'm going to say no, but I don't think Danny Ward's the answer. And this sort of refers to it. It's almost going back on the point of players that have been linked away. Daniel Iverson, again, has been linked away with a move to the championship from Alan Nixon, who knows his stuff about championship football. Um, the problem I've got with um, with goalkeeper, if Danny Ward was smashing it week in, week out, you would understand why Iverson isn't getting an opportunity. Mm. But he's not like Danny Ward. He, like as much as he's improved, he's still not Premier League standard. If we're being completely blunt and honest with it, Iverson last year went to the Championship, went on loan to Preston, did his so so called apprenticeship in the Championship, and was the best young goalkeeper in the Championship last year, or at least one of the one of the best. So the fact that he hasn't got a minute yet in the Premier League, for me, I find absolutely ridiculous. And I, I can see him being one of those players that we look at in two or three years and think, how have we let him go? Yes. I mean, we won't know because until he gets the chance, will we? And we didn't really know about Danny Ward until we get until he got the chance. Um we will we will see how that one develops. I mean, I think we know we need a left back. We know we need a centre back and right winger. Those uh, go without saying. I'm saying, and I don't know whether anybody and or if you would agree with me. I say we need a striker because at the moment, you know, Daka isn't performing, and maybe we bought not Daka, but maybe we bought that that position a year too late because we should have bought him. A, bought it a year earlier when Vardy was still reasonably on form. Um, so, you know, that might be not, you know, Daka's fault. Um, but, you know, he doesn't want to... Kelechi's not a 
solo striker. We know that, don't we? He can't. He's not a one up front striker. Daka can't. You know, he, he he gives his all. But Vardy, and I know he's. I know what he's done for us, etc., etc., etc. But he's past his sell by date now, is he not? He is, and people won't like it. And something that I do think with our strikers, and it's the same for anyone really who plays up top for us, the service is so poor to them. So I actually think the issue is more with like what's behind the striker than the striker itself. So if we had a better right winger providing for them and a left winger who didn't run into the fullback every time, then uh, would we be would we need another striker? I think. I think we, maybe well, uh, long term, yes, we do. But I think we need to address the other issues first to actually create create better chances. Because we could have we could have Erling Haaland in the box for all we care, and it's like if he's not going to get the ball and get the ball in good positions, what's the point? No, but when we, when they get the ball, um, they're not doing anything with it. I mean, our top goal scorer this season is James Madison. Mm-hmm. And as I said to, uh, I think it was David actually, who was in the chat now yesterday, not a fan of uh, Harvey Barnes, but he's our second highest goal scorer. So drop him and God knows where the goals are coming from. Daka, uh, I don't think scored in the league. I'm not sure about Ian Acho. And Vardy has got one. Um, and when you look at, you know, everybody's saying, oh, you know, Perez missed that chance. Vardy had a sitter. All he had to do was lift it over the goalkeeper. And he, I could say it was a daisy cutter across the floor. And I just think because it's Vardy, nobody will come out and say, oh, you know, he had a bad game, didn't he? You know? The thing is, I think I don't disagree that, like, striker does need to be addressed. But I think when we create so few chances in terms of, like, I know we create chances, but a lot of our chances come from, like, long shots from midfield or um, come from sort of, our wingers cutting in, or our winger, I think would be a better way to say it, because we've got a winger. Yeah. We don't create a huge amount of chances for the strikers anyway. Like, And the ones that we do we do create, they should be obviously scoring a bit more than they are. But it just seems like it's a lower priority than when we've got so many glaring holes in our squad at the moment. I think... I think... Um, I mean, yeah, David's mentioning their Luckman, if only. Eh? Um, I think, I think the problem is that none of this is sort of fixable on its own. <laughs> you know, it's like there's so much wrong, so many places we need to fill that we have to do it sort of all together, if you like. You know, like you say, yes, get a new striker in, but yes, if we get better forwards in, will those strikers still? It's, it's a case of you know putting the pieces of the jigsaw together. Uh, but let's just quickly then let, let's go through the uh, through the positions, starting with goalkeeper. I mean, we've been linked with uh, Martin Dubravka at Newcastle United. I mean, he's thirty three. Um, do we? And we mentioned Iverson there, and I was very much of you know let's give Danny Ward a chance. Um, you know, under normal circumstances, he would have had more experience. It's just that Schmeichel was never. Um, and was never injured. Um, do, do, is it a risk throwing uh, Iverson in, though? It is, but it's also a risk going to get Martin Dubravka. Look mm. at how he played for United, and his confidence will be on the floor after um, after being 
discarded at Newcastle at the first possible opportunity. And let's be honest, there's a reason he was discarded at Newcastle at the first opportunity. If he was as good a goalkeeper as people are making out that he is, then he wouldn't have been discarded at the first opportunity. No, agreed. And good evening, Doug. How are you? Um, I think the link is with uh, with, with Dubravka is because of the Tielemans Madison links the other way. Although, according to Eddie Howe, they may not uh, be having that much money to spend. Um, going on now, this is probably going to be the one that's going <laughs> to we're going to discuss longest, um, and that's the defence. And we'll look at it across the whole uh, the whole back uh, back line. Um, I want to start with the one at the bottom though. Um, we do need another centre-back, especially if we let Johnny Evans go. Uh, we were linked earlier in the season with Michael Keane. And by all means, Ad, if you've heard of anybody we've been linked to, um, you know, other than what ones I've written down, because I've only written a few down, please, please do uh, um, shout out. But um, Harry Maguire. Now, I don't think you will leave Man United, but would you take him back? Yeah, on loan. And then... I would say take him on loan till the end of the season. Then if he comes back and was for Harry Maguire that was here before, then sign him. What we can't do, because as I say, confidence is huge. Yeah. And his confidence has been absolutely ruined at Man United. He was given captaincy far too soon. It was far too big of a step up. And I've never seen a player who gets micro-analysed to the level that Harry, Harry Maguire does for every little mistake he makes. But... I would take him back because I think that um, I think that he's an experienced centre back. Who, like, he's a, is he a top four level centre back? No. Mm. Is he a is he a decent Premier League level centre back? Yes. Yeah. Is he an upgrade on Daniel Amati? Do I need even need to answer that question? <laughs> yeah. I mean, when when he left us, he will let's be honest with you. I mean, he still is an England international. It scored at a World Cup. You know, there was a there was a there was a big club in Man United, and the face it, they are a big club, whatever we say, willing to spend eighty million pounds. He was good when he it is Manchester United that <coughs> like you say, excuse me, have destroyed him. But not just him, he wasn't the only one that was playing badly in that Man United team. You you know, you you give me a name of a defender that was doing well there. But yeah, I mean I, I would love to have him back. I really, really would. Um, I can't see him wanting to come back to Leicester, how many pelters he's taken from our fans, though. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Um, but then again, if Soyuncu goes, he hasn't got, like, you know, a, a dick comparison to go up against, has he? <laughs> you know? um, Michael Keane at Everton, we, we always seem to be linked with him. Um, but as, as, uh, as Terry says here, can't even get into a poor Everton side. Yeah, it's like, what a great idea that is. Go and sign one of your relegation rivals, candidate uh, centre-backs, who's not good enough to start for them, who concede more than us on a weekly basis. It's like, the logic is baffling. Just two words, Ryan Bennett. <laughs> it's, uh, you never, and Ryan Bertrand and Jan Vestergaard, who were part of the team. That, although, in fairness to Ryan Bennett, he did, he, he, um, Ryan Bennett, uh, Ryan Bertrand, he did go off before they conceded sort of nine goals. But, um, you know, um, the latest one that's come up, though, um, and I can't even attempt to pronounce his name, but the young lad from Copenhagen, we'll call him Victor. 
for now. Question, um, <laughs> thank you. It's easy for you to say. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, he. I'm quite excited about this one. I am, and the thing is, I feel like a couple of years ago, I'll probably be more excited of this profile of player because it's a lot easier for a player like this to come in to a team that's already doing quite well and a very settled team, a young player coming in from like a big club in Copenhagen, but a big club in a poor league. Mm. And to make that step up is easier when you're coming into a settled club. Unfortunately, we're not that at the moment, but his profile of a player like 20 years old, but something that I've done a bit of research on this because I'll be talking about him on my stream after the show, cheeky little plug, um, starting at 10 o'clock. But, go for um, it, go for it. He's a I'll, left keep, I'll, keep, I'll keep you busy now till half 10, don't worry. <laughs> but he's a left-footed left-back, mm. but at the age of 20, he's made over 78 appearances. So he's experienced for a young player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean... <sighs> I agree, you know, they're not coming from the best league in the world, but if we sign Ryan Bertrand, you know, he doesn't look like, you know, the worst player in the world, does he? No, and the thing is, like, it's clear that we haven't got all the money in the world, so we've got to be shrewd with our shrewd with our signings, so yeah. I'm all for it. I mean, again, eight, five to eight million is being quoted at, Um he could be another gem that you know, another diamond in the in the dirt that we discover. Or he could be another Diabate. Oh no, you had, to, <laughs> you had to say that, didn't you? To be fair, <laughs> what a debut he had and what an away day that was at Peterborough. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer to remember Musa and his uh, debut against uh, was it Barcelona in that whatever international cup whatever. Peterborough um, Barcelona, what's the difference? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Kirkes, left-back from Altmore on 19. Uh, we were linked with him before the World Cup. Uh, any thoughts on him at all? He's very highly rated and he's good on Football Manager, but that's about <laughs> all I know about him, if I'm honest. And everyone, everyone pretends to be an expert on all these players, but have yeah. never watched them in their life. Like, I've, I've done a bit of research on him and... He, Again, when he was uh, linked to us and when the stories broke out, um, he's a fullback that sort of he really likes to get forward, put balls into the box, and isn't a front front foot attacking, um, attack minded fullback. But again, it's the same thing as the FC Copenhagen lad, it's a big step up to be a young player doing very well in a league like that to then come to the Premier League, yes, yeah. Um... It, 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 like you said, it's a hard one. I mean, Rich says here, good evening, Rich. Uh, do Leicester have much cash to spend? The problem you, we've got to look at is if we don't spend it, we could have left cash to spend like next season if we're in the uh, if we're in the championship. It does. So, but I'm going to ask you something quickly, Chris. Um, and and, and we were going to get onto this at some point. If we, with Brendan Rodgers, if he goes, we'll... Will that give the squad enough of a lift to make it seem like we've had, what, six, seven new signings? Because, let's be honest, it's flat and it's stale at the moment. Yeah. Or do we need to actually bring in four or five players? We need the players uh, um, because we didn't spend in in, in in the summer. So we do need to add um, those, those, those players in. With Brendan Rodgers... Like I said, I, I'm like I'm like a 
bride's knickers on the wedding night when it comes to Vernon Rogers. I'm up and down more often than I care to remember. Um, you would, I mean, the problem is if he goes, who do we get in? Sean Deutsch. <laughs> still, still. The thing is, people I, say, no. who are you going to get in who's going to do better? Who's going to come in and do worse but not win a game against a top 12 team in the Premier League for a whole year? No, but don't wait. Can I just say that when 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 you first mentioned that, which was pre World Cup, and when we were having a bad start, I did poo poo it. But I've listened to a lot of Sean Dyche, and he's been on quite a few podcasts, of course. Now he's not working, and he does speak a lot of sense. And you know, yes, nobody particularly liked his style of play, but it was just, what he did was adapt the the play to the players that he had, which is something that Rogers can't seem to do. You know, Sean Dyche knew he hadn't got flair players, so he didn't play a flair game. Um, and he got the best out of what he'd got. And so I'm not 100% against Sean Dyche if he wants to come in. Um, I don't think there's many other opportunities. And I think, I think if I'm honest with you, I think we've missed the boat. I think it should have been done whilst the World Cup was on. Um, I think we probably got pulled into a false sense of um, security with the fact that we went for those, you know, those few games uh, without, uh, without losing. Although like you say, what clubs were we playing? I mean, somebody said on, on my group the other day, bring back Ranieri. I'm like, seriously. <laughs> Remember I love Ranieri, but left. look at what he's done. And this is what I get when I talk about Pearson as well. Mm. Leave their time at the club as it is, as like gone down as legendary status. Bristol City fans are hounding Pearson out at the moment. They cannot stand him. He is, he is really struggling with Bristol. If he wasn't Nigel Pearson and hadn't had the time at Leicester that he had before, would anyone be shouting for him? No, absolutely not. Football moves on. Not, Ranieri, we all love him, and rightly so. Every job he has had since Leicester, he has failed. Yes, yeah. And I, I can remember before... Um, yeah, Brad. I'm actually not being so, so anti Potter at the moment. But I can remember before we, when we first uh, appointed Ranieri, I think it was an Italian psychologist or sports psychologist sorry, that said, What you'll find with Ranieri, he'll go in and he'll have a good first season. And if he's second one, and then it all goes wrong. And it almost happened to that point. Um, you can't always rely on a new manager bounce. I mean, look at Southampton. It hasn't happened for them. Um, uh, I just I just think that we probably do need a change now. If only to bring in not just fresh players, but if you bring in fresh, you know, if you, if you pour fresh milk into sour milk, you're still going to have sour milk. <laughs> and if you bring a manager in with the players that we've got, you would hope to see some change, but with all the injuries we've got, is he going? To, are they going to be any better off? But I am edging towards the maybe a change is needed at the top. Um, it is, but the thing is, if we keep waiting and waiting and waiting, it's just going to be far too late. And I feel like that, and people, I've said this before, but he should have gone a long time ago. And if the club was as ruthless as it was a few. Uh, a few years ago, then Brendan would have gone, would have gone the first time we dropped him to the relegation zone. 
I agree totally because I mean I said and I said to you before when I did that um Brendan Rogers get out of my club post for the BBC uh, at the start of the season um Ranieri would have been gone by then Ranieri was sacked and we were 17th you know Rogers was there and we were sat 18th now oh, I think we we're bottom weren't we at one point you know so yeah um I think if I'm honest I think we it is time for a change whether top will because obviously during the summer he felt guilty not being able to back him I don't know. We we will see, but um, I, think, I, I think I think it I think it is it is time for a change. And I think I think you were certainly on that side of the fence as well, aren't you? Um, and I've, the reason I worry that it won't happen is I feel like there's too many personal relationships behind the scenes compared to business relationships, and as soon as they start to get interchanged, it becomes very difficult. Yes, yes. I mean, you you did mention it. Um, before the top isn't his dad no and top bless him he loves he loves the club and he's doing he's doing his absolute best for it but if it was his dad i can't help but feel brendan would have gone probably about a year ago after the forest defeat yeah yeah no i probably think you're right and like i say i am yeah, I mean, my head is kind of saying we, we, it, it, it's a change down that, you know, you can't just, you know, you know, if you've got two flat tyres, you can't just change one and it's going to be all right, you know. But, uh, but the thing is with Top as well, like he's got, bear in mind the business that he runs, he has got so much going on in terms of like keeping King, flat, King Power somewhat, pro it's not profitable at all at the moment with the pandemic. And yeah. he's a businessman ultimately, and his business will be his priority. And I people won't like to hear it, but it's the reality of sort of where we are. I mean, if he doesn't have a business, we basically probably don't have a club. Yeah, you know, but uh, it's it, it's it's worrying times. But anyway, let's have a look at um defense. We've had a look at the defense, so let's have a look at the midfield. Um what are your thoughts on this Moroccan? Yes, he had a good World Cup. Who are he? Uh, or more of a who are you? Uh, he's at Andrews, and we do get some quite decent players from the, uh, the lower reaches of French football. 27 millions for a centre midfielder. I'm just worried, and we've done this before, where we, you see a player that has one good tournament and you think he's the next wonder person. So one thing I'll say with this, and this comes from Rob Tanner, is he was scouted before the World Cup. Oh, was he? Right. And he was a player that the club were looking at but before mm -hmm. the World Cup. But because of the World Cup, his value has probably skyrocketed to above what he's worth. Right. But I don't know. He looks a half-decent player, but like I, I'm never a fan of... Like the inflated feet, and now because of the World Cup he he's had, it would be like, um, do you remember Golovin a few years ago from mm. Russia, who was absolutely brilliant? Yeah, but everyone expects him to go on to be a world beater. I just think he's a half decent player, but could could become very good. Yeah, yeah, but it's like could become very good if we're going to pay thirty million for a player or twenty seven million for a player. You need a player that's almost about Tielemann sort of. Madison level where you can see they will become a very good player, not they could. Yeah. I mean, it, the problem is, that going looking at the next one, uh, Etienne Kamara, uh, midfielder from Huddersfield Town that we've been linked with. 
sounds a really, really good prospect, but is he the sort of player we need now? And, you know, it's no good spending what little money we've got on players that, you know, are going to come good in the future. We need to kind of, you know, buy those plugs for the gaps now, don't we? Just like I said, with this young left-back, I'd feel a lot happier going after these kind of players that sort of will, like, have got a lot of potential and may well become very good players if we're in a better position and you can integrate them like slowly and there's no hurry for them to be in the first team because you've got a second first team. We don't have that at the moment. We need players that are going to come in and do a job for us right away. Yeah. Jeremy Bogger, or Bogger, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> um, it's funny that we are buying the, the the guy that was replaced by the guy we couldn't afford to buy. <laughs> and the, you know what's even more ironic about that? We're going to spend more on him than we will on Wood of Lookman. Yes, yes. I mean, it, it's, it's always going to be a problem position because we always seem to say, well, he's no Mares, is he? Well, Mares wouldn't have done that. Uh, I think Luckman was the one that got away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think under, I think we, we probably had a lucky escape. Um, not bad players, just not suited suited to ours. Is is this the player we need for that position, though, or is there somebody else you think could do a better job? I really don't know because he's been he's been underwhelming to to say the least for Atalanta for a couple of seasons. Uh, can I just say something about that? Twenty seven million is absolute peanuts in this day and age. It is if you're a club like West Ham who can spend 40, 50 million on players quite easily. There's a reason we spent fifteen million on Wild Phase and we haven't spent sort of over 30 yeah. we very rarely spend over 30 million on a player yeah and we have had our fingers burnt at that sort of level before haven't we with um um oh, what was he called that we signed striker that Islam uh, Slamani. yeah that's the one that's the one yes uh 30 million down the drain there because we didn't get anything for him at all um anybody else I mean we we, we, we mentioned strikers before but you know, we, we think that. Do you think we're all okay on that department if we can, uh, if we get sort of the other positions sorted? I wouldn't like in the ideal situation where you could bring six, five or six players in, I'd say bring in a striker, but mm. not in the situation we're in. No, we, uh, we, I suppose there's more, more priorities, like you say, isn't there? Um, and just to, let, let's, we, we mentioned him earlier. Um, what well, let me throw it back at you about Brendan then? Do, 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 do and I guess I know what you're going to say here. Um, <laughs> does it, you know, is this the time to go or is it going to be, you know, too disruptive if he goes now? What do you mean, being too disruptive? We've been shocking in the league for how apart no, I'm from asking the question. <laughs> Apart from what a four-game spell where we played the teams in that time who were all in the bottom three in Everton, West Ham, Wolves, and then who who else did we play in that that run? I can't even remember. remember no. Leeds, what wasn't it as well? So oh, yeah, we were yeah. playing teams that are right at the bottom. Like it can't be any more. Oh, and Forest as well. So, and by the way, our two home wins this year have come against Leeds and Forest. So. Like people say, careful what you wish for. We are halfway through a Premier League season. We are on 17 points. Like, 
we should with the squad we've got, and like I know that there are injuries, but with the squad we've got, we shouldn't be near near a relegation battle. No, and let's not forget we lost to the club that is currently bottom of the league in Southampton. Are we meant to be surprised by that? <laughs> I can see you weren't, um, but we have uh, like it's not a fluke, Chris. But we have won two games at home this season. But the fact that we have, haven't beaten a team in the top 12 in the Premier League for over a year, and the fact that every time we go one nil down, we do not get, we do not win games. Can you can you remember, Chris, the last time that we went one nil down and won a game? No, uh, I have to be honest with you, I can't. Uh, but also, uh, the other fact was, of course, we've not. Um, it's the first time since 1983 we've lost three home games and not scored a goal. Um, I'm blaming those flags. Since we brought in the flags, we haven't scored a goal. The flags are the clappers. <laughs> I actually the clappers before. <laughs> I, I actually do quite like the flags before the game, but it's quite funny. But we've got the flags for the for when we score a goal, and since we brought those in, we haven't scored a goal. <laughs> Can they not be recycled? Can you not so they be taken off you as you leave the ground? <laughs> Save it for next time, lads. You know. <laughs> But uh, so, do you? I mean, we are sort of four days into the into the window, so you've got sort of twenty eight odd days left. Um, if we're going to replace Rogers, that has to happen first, doesn't it? Well, to to an extent, but if you if you look under Puel, and this is where I I sort of I disagree to an extent, but it has to happen first. If the club are bringing in specific type of players that can play a specific type of football, then you don't, I wouldn't say you do need to bring in the manager first. And I keep going to Brighton as an example, but I think it's a brilliant example to use because a lot, their players were brought, they're brought in like by the club and then just get the approval of the manager. Hmm. If we were to do that and say, if we were going to go and get a manager from, say how Brighton did it, they went out and saw what Graham Potter was doing at Osterson, a small club in Sweden, massively overperforming for a large period of time. And I've, I've forgotten the name of the method Matt Piper said about it. Oh, where you get money ball, where you go and get someone who's who's consistently overperforming the stats of what you'd expect for the club that they're at. So if we were going to go and do that and get a manager from Europe to go and do come in and try and do that at Leicester... Yeah. then I would say no. But if you're going to go for a Sean Dyche approach of someone, a safe pair of hands, then I'll say yes, but you do need to wait. So it really depends what kind of manager you look at next. But I don't think we're in the position that um, that you, we can take a risk on a manager from like a European a, like a yeah. European t- team that's overperforming in their league, mm-hmm. but come to the Premier League and do it. Because when Brighton did it with the... Well, their hand was forced, obviously, with Potter leaving, but they did it with a um, in a very healthy position. We we're not in a healthy position. No, no. it doesn't help that breaking news, and I've seen it that Leicester City are being sued uh, at the moment. Who buys? We're being sued for false advertising. The fact that it says football manager above uh, Brendan Rodgers. I thought that was funny. I'm sorry. I thought that was uh, obviously I was the. Only you're a one. few weeks late for the cracker jokes. 
<laughs> yeah, you're never too late for a good cracker joke. Oh, brilliant. Well, hey, look, and I appreciate you got your own show coming up over on Ant's uh, Leicester Fan Channel. Give it a plug. What is it about? When is it? Uh, so Ant's Leicester Fan Channel, we'll be talking about this young lad that we have been linked to from Copenhagen. Uh, Alan Nixon, again, who knows his stuff regarding the championship, uh, talking about Iverson potentially going to Stoke City and also Mendy being linked to Fernabache. So all of today's transfer news regarding Leicester. Well, thank you for coming on. Hopefully we'll speak again soon and hopefully it will be in better circumstances. And who knows who might be a top of the tree uh, in the manager's chair and then that happens. And mate, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks very much. Happy New Year to you and yours. And we'll speak soon. Yeah, talk to you soon, mate. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks to Ant for coming on. His link to his channel is in below. Go over and check him out now. He's going live at 10. Uh, I've just got to say, though, um, RIP to David Gold at West Ham. Uh, not everybody's favourite club. Not everybody's favourite owners. But he loved West Ham. And I can remember what West Ham were like when Vichai passed. Um, I did go to another level of respect for them. So RIP to David and West Ham. Uh, they got a point tonight at Leeds. So um, um, I think they would have, would have liked the win. Uh, the next, well, they've been away at Leeds. I'm sure that the next home match they'll be doing something. So, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, like I say, all, all I can say is RIP to, um, to, 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 to David Gold and his family and everybody at West Ham. Uh, Forrest have beaten Southampton. West Ham, like I just said, have drawn with Leeds. Uh, it's still going on. Villa won, Wolves won, and Palace 0-0 at half-time. Tottenham have just gone and, and, and smashed it 4-0 at the moment. So the bottom of the table is Southampton, bottom on 12 points. Everybody's played 18 games except Leeds, who have played 17. Uh, Everton are in 19th on 15. West Ham are in 18th on 15. Bournemouth, 17 on 16. Wolves, 16 on 16. Forest, 15 on 17. Leeds, 14 on 17. Um, Leicester, 13th in and on 17. And then there's a bit of a gap, four points. There's a bit of a gap developing to Aston Villa, who are in 12th on 21. We are two points off the relegation zone. It has something has got to be done. Um, when are we going to be back? I'll tell you when we're going to be back. We're going to be back tomorrow. Coming up next on Leicester Till I Die TV. Nine o'clock tomorrow. We are going to have... Um, uh, the preview for Gillingham. They must be uh, licking the lips and thinking, whoa, good time to play Leicester. <sighs> got money to spend. We sold for Farner. We've got that money to spend. If we don't spend the money now, it could be too late because if we do go down the, back down, then um, <laughs> we are, we are, we're stuck to 13th. And the problem is we're stuck to 13th because the teams below us are not performing as in they're not winning games but we can't rely on them we cannot say that we don't get relegated because those teams happened 
to sort of lose more than we did. I mean, that's obviously one of the reasons why you don't go down. But you know what I'm saying. Um, anyway, money has to be spent. Otherwise, we'll be spending um, parachute payments. And when that happens, I just I dread to think it. I dread to think it because I don't think we would do a Burnley and come straight back up. I mean, looks like they will. They're not actually there yet. So um, all the all the inconsistencies helping yet, but one team will find form and start smashing a run together. Not just one, Luke. I think two or three. I mean, you know, I've said I've said with Forest, I don't think they'll go down. Um, we have got to seriously, seriously look at what is coming up. Uh, David says, just to say thank you, Chris, all you do for us Leicester fans, your streams are really well conceived and run and thought. I don't have time to join all of them. I always enjoy the ones I can listen to. David, kind words. Thank you so much, sir. Really do appreciate that. It's going to be a long January window. We've got to sell. Have we still got to sell first? Can we get rid of who we don't want? Roll on the 1st of February. Guys, I'll see you tomorrow at 9. Back with Craig for a preview of Gillingham. And that's another one that I'm not looking forward to. Good night. Thanks for watching Lester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. watching these videos are tremendous you'd better like them too or i'll be back lester till i die tv sports social podcast network the talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year we understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone there's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping. And you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ultimate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? A participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.